Hello and welcome to Buffy and the Art of Story Season 5. If you love Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you love creating stories or just taking them apart to see how they work, you're in the right place. I am Lisa M. Lilly, novelist and founder of Writing as a Second Career, and you may have noticed that Season 5, Episode 4, Out of My Mind, came out 10 days early. Or you just thought time went really fast in between the episodes. But it should have been released today, February 28th. And that it came out early is a warning of the dangers of too much multitasking. I was trying to schedule it for the release date, and instead I hit publish in the midst of separately uploading tax documents. So I'm also going to blame this on the IRS. But because I love creating more work for myself, I did not want to leave the podcast feed with nothing released for over three weeks. So today I'll explore further one of the subplots of Season 5, Episode 4, Out of My Mind, which I'll call the Spike Feelings subplot. And particularly, we'll discuss how Spike is both protagonist and antagonist of that plot, how Spike's Feelings subplot hits all the major plot points and turns that I look for in the main plot of any Buffy episode, and how it does reach a resolution and tie up loose ends despite that it ends on something of a cliffhanger or game changer in terms of how Spike will behave toward Buffy in the future. There are no spoilers and no foreshadowing for this episode, so no need to be concerned about that. Okay, let's dive into the Hellmouth and into Out of My Mind for the second time. We start with opening conflict for Spike. He jumps into this fight between Buffy and several vampires, but far from appreciating it, she's angry that he's there, which creates conflict between her and Spike. He tells her he's just there for something to do. What else is he going to spend his time on? But she doesn't care. She doesn't want him around. He takes it pretty well because she's also mad at Riley for being there and diving into the fight. So Spike doesn't need to take it personally that she wants him to get lost until we reach what I see as the story spark or inciting incident of the Spike feelings plot because he overhears her and Riley joking about going back to kill him for the fun of it, and he gets really angry. If he hadn't heard that, I think that Spike would have just gone off, perhaps enjoying the fact that Buffy didn't want Riley around more than feeling upset that she got mad at him. Because after all, Buffy gets mad at Spike a lot, and yet they continue to fight together. One of the reasons I see this as the beginning of this plot of Spike recognizing his feelings is that I think Spike is there not just to kill time, 
but to spend time with Buffy. This is the only way that he can spend time with her. And later on, he's going to say that Buffy is haunting him, but she didn't come find him. He saw her fighting and joined the fray. The first major plot turn in this subplot intersects with the subplot I talked about last time where Harmony and Spike team up to try to get Spike's chip out and kill Buffy. So it is the same moment when Harmony comes to Spike and she is afraid Buffy's after her and she wants Spike to help her kill Buffy. The first major plot turn in any story should come from outside the protagonist spin the story in a new direction, and raise the stakes. And it does all of that here. This is from Outside Spike. It's from Harmony. And it takes the story in a direction that Spike could not go. He is physically unable to kill Buffy. And it raises the stakes because while Spike doesn't recognize his feelings for Buffy yet, This is a pretty extreme way of dealing with them. And I think his unconscious mind latches onto this. This is a way to solve the problem of loving Buffy, joining with Harmony, and killing her. And I do think it's all about Buffy because when Spike talks about it throughout the episode, it is about killing the Slayer, bathing in the Slayer's blood. And we hear much less about how he'll finally be able to feed on humans again and attack humans, which you would think would be in the forefront of his mind. At the midpoint of any story, I look for the protagonist to make a major commitment, throw caution to the wind, commit fully to the quest, or to suffer a major reversal or both. And here we get both. The midpoint intersects with the midpoint for the main plot and the other subplots, Buffy storms in and demands uh, that Spike help her find Riley. She is offering him cash, but it's pretty clearly a demand. And she demeans him. As I talked about last time, she slaps him. She won't pay him anything up front. When he wants half in advance, she tears the cash in half. And she is very dismissive of him, which is understandable because he has just laughed about Riley dying. But for Spike, this doubles down on her contempt for him, that joke between her and Riley about killing him. And it has to be awful because somewhere inside, he recognizes his love for Buffy. And this is a good time to talk about protagonist antagonist. Clearly, I'm I'm looking at this from Spike's point of view. He is taking action. Conscious Spike has a goal, which is to get Buffy out of his life. But I see the antagonist, which is the force that pushes against the protagonist, as unconscious Spike. And unconscious Spike has a different goal. It is opposed to Spike's goal. Spike wants to deny his feelings. In fact, I would say from the beginning, it's not to kill Buffy, it's to deny his feelings for Buffy while pursuing them, to try to spend time with her while staying in denial of his feelings for her. An unconscious Spike wants Spike to recognize his feelings and is devastated by this even more than Spike himself because 
that part of Spike realizes his love and Buffy has not just rejected him, but made it clear how little she thinks of him. So this is a clear reversal for both sides of Spike. And then he makes a major commitment. Now, we don't see into his head at that moment, but we see the result of it because this is when Spike decides, one, he's not looking for Riley. Two, he's going to find that doctor and get his chip out. And three, the whole point of that is to kill Buffy, not to restore himself to what he used to be, though certainly That has to be a major motivation, but what is forefront for Spike is to get Buffy out of his life, to kill Buffy. The last major plot turn of this emotional subplot happens during the climax of the main plot, that fight between Spike and Buffy. And it does grow out of the midpoint. That last turn should grow from the midpoint and take the story in yet another new direction. And here, Spike's commitment to get that chip out at any cost does cause that three-quarter turn because he is so committed, he threatens the doctor and he refuses to listen when the doctor tells him he can't do it. And the doctor tries a couple times. He he says he doesn't know how to do that surgery at all. Spikes says, oh, just reverse what those military doctors did. Well, this this guy doesn't know how that was done. And he tells Spike he can't remove the chip without causing major damage. But Spike will not listen, and instead he doubles down on his commitment and threatens the doctor further. So now he reaps the rewards of that because in the middle of trying to attack Buffy, he discovers the chip is still there. The doctor's reaction to Spike was to pretend to take the chip out and to fool Spike and Harmony. So this is a a huge turn in the story because now Spike cannot kill Buffy and he is saved only by the fact that Riley desperately needs help. So Buffy does not kill Spike in that moment and she might well have despite that up to now she hasn't killed him because he can't harm anyone. I think this was enough his teaming with Harmony. A nice pun on the harm issue uh, shows that Spike is a danger, and she might have in that adrenaline rush of believing he was attacking her, believing his chip was out, maybe she would have killed him. And now that three-quarter turn does the other thing it should do. And I don't think I have talked about this that much, but that three-quarter turn, that last plot turn, should drive the story forward toward the climax. It should be all action at that point. It's the protagonist's choices that should drive the story, but it is as a result of that major turn. And here, Spike and Harmony are running through the graveyard, and Spike rants to her about how Buffy is always there haunting him. This has to stop. And in the midst, he talks about that nasty little face and shampoo commercial hair, which I feel like is his unconscious breaking through and saying, there is more here. You are feeling more than you think you are and you're not recognizing it. And and Spike is hiding it in anger. That is the way he is dealing with this turn in the story that now he once again cannot kill Buffy. 
And while the turn doesn't prompt Spike to do anything in an action sense because he can't follow through on what he wants to do, it does prompt him through his unconscious mind, through the antagonist, to finally recognize his feelings for Buffy. So this is where we reach the climax of the Spike feelings plot, where the opposing forces have their final clash and resolve the conflict. For this subplot, the climax is the dream sequence with Buffy. At first, Spike expresses what conscious Spike feels and thinks. He tells Buffy, just kill him. He does not want to be in a world where she is in it, and he feels like he cannot get rid of her any other way. And he says, just kill me. And and he is ready for her to do that. But instead, they kiss, and she says she wants him, and he says he loves her. So this is unconscious Spike, the antagonist, finally breaking through and saying, what Spike has refused to recognize. In this final resolution of the conflict, the antagonist prevails. Then we get to the falling action part of the plot. Now, in a main plot, this is where we wrap up subplots. And whether it's subplot or main plot in the falling action, the story should tie up the loose ends. And here the loose end is, what is conscious Spike going to do with that information. Unconscious Spike prevailed, said how Spike is feeling, but Spike does have a choice. He could have woken up and doubled down on denial and just said, what a crazy dream. The brain does such weird things. Or he could have seen it uh, dismissively. He could have said, oh, so I'm attracted to Buffy. He could sort of edit out that Buffy, I love you, or see it as just, hey, no big deal. You're attracted to all kinds of people. It doesn't mean you love them. It is my brain messing with me. But Spike recognizes the truth of that dream. And he accepts that it is true. He clearly doesn't like it because he says, oh, God, no. But he accepts it as the truth. And that does tie up the loose end of Spike's feelings. We don't know what he is going to do about it at this point. Is he going to tell Buffy? Is he going to try to kill Buffy because he can't stand it? Those are all unknowns, but the plot of Spike recognizing his feelings or not has resolved. So that is it for this mini episode about Out of My Mind. Thank you so much for listening. Come back in two weeks on March 14th for Season 5, Episode 5, No Place Like Home. Buffy finds out the truth about Dawn, and we meet the season big bad. You can find back episodes of Buffy and the Art of Story at lisalilly.com slash Buffy Story or on my YouTube channel. And you can find the book editions of Buffy and the Art of Story at lisalilly.com slash Buffy Books. Music for this episode was written and performed by Robert Newcastle. Buffy and the Art of Story is a production of Spiny Woman, LLC, copyright 2021. All rights reserved.